You're listening to a podcast of Spurious Morality. All over again. For the last time this year. No! It can't be over. Well, you can go back and listen to everything we've done so far. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's it, podcast it, it, on demand. It's all there and it's all available on RSS, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. Oh, we've, we've just accidentally created an advert. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a podcast of Spurious Morality. Uh, you join us for the second half of our look at Big Finishes 2022. Um, we've sort of had various podcast hosts drop in and talk to us about some of their favourite releases so far. We've got more of that in this episode, but with me for the main chunk of it, I have Connor. Hello. And I have Jimmy. Hi. Um, so we've we've summed up January to June already, and we've looked at our favourite releases. Plenty of honourable mentions because uh, even though we're already we're only up to June so far, it, it's been such a good year for Big Finish. It's been perhaps one of the strongest in the company's history uh, in terms of just brilliance of output. Um, so we are going to pick up where we left off. We're going to carry on from July. Um, another month that was kind of packed full of releases. It was a busy July and I was off work for most of July, so I got to just enjoy it. Um, I really struggled with one to pick here, but I think in the end, Connor, you and I have agreed. So go ahead. What's your favourite of the month? I actually have two picks because there's two sets here that I can't pick between. Oh, go on then. What are your two favourites? My two favourites are Unit, Brave New World, Seabird 1, and Classic Doctors, New Monsters 3. Um, I'll maybe start with Classic Doctors, New Monsters. Go for it. Which, uh, I, I, it was... I'm trying to remember whether it was this series was the reason I got into Big Finish because I had been aware of Big Finish for a long time before I eventually took the plunge and got into it, but I'd always been a little bit daunted by finding an entry point, you know, because, you know, growing up, I wasn't really that familiar with the classic series. There wasn't too much new series stuff with Big Finish. And it took until, I think the two things that caught my interest were River Song was going to be in Doom Coalition. And this set, or the first Classic Doctor's New Monster set, was coming out. And I loved it. I love absolutely loved it to bits. 
because it was made really accessible for new series fans, which is the whole point, I think, of the series, where, you know, they're designed as jumping on points where here's here's an entryway into the world of Doctor Who on audio. Um, and the, they did two sets, and then I think they said, we're not going to do any more. We will just include new series monsters in the likes of the main range and in, in our other ranges as well. Um, and will not do these dedicated sets anymore. So I was really surprised when this was announced, but absolutely delighted. It um it brings companions into the play, uh, or or in, you know into into the stories, which is something the first sets hadn't done. And we get, you know, we get Sarah Jane here. We get Charlie Pollard. We get um. There's no one with the Sixth Doctor actually, is there? It's it's an original companion. Yeah, um, new for the adventure. New for that adventure, which I I quite like them actually. They're 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 they're. they're whenever I'm listening through that, they, I'm almost disappointed that they're a one off because they are you know a great character, um, and a great actress as well for them. But w- what a really strong set of stories as well. It it doesn't take the obvious road of you know the likes of the Weeping Angels or the Jadoon. It takes monsters who are. You know, you could regard as more minor appearances. You know, the likes of the Tavolians, you know, the 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 Hawks of Balhoons, or the the Mox of Balhoons brother, um, and the Dream Crabs. I think the two Dream Crab stories are probably the highlight. Um, even though they're separate, they're both quite closely linked because you know the Eighth Doctor appears in the the Sixth Doctor's one as a sort of surprise appearance, um. Which is, I wasn't expecting and was thrilled by because there's two of my favorite doctors finally getting a story together, and then I remember it's the second one this year because they're in Stranded Four as well. But um, it's that one. The highlight it does have to be the two hander between Paul McGann and India Fisher, though, for the same reasons as we talked about whenever was you know we were talking about the further adventure s, um, just that those two are absolutely brilliant together. And getting a slightly weird, unconventional story with them is is brilliant. So I I, I adored that set to bits, and I'm really excited for next year's. Um, and then there's Brave New World with Brigadier Bambera, who is so long overdue a spinoff. I think I had said shortly before this was announced that you know why you know Angela Bruce is doing audios. Why are we not getting Brig- Brigadier Bambera? And then she's back. Um, in her own spin-off, which is one of the most creative and original ranges of the year. Um, it doesn't take too much of a foray into the Doctor Who universe, and it builds more of its own um, thing out of the building blocks of the Brigadier and Unit. I am going to re-listen to this series for years to come, because it, it's so refreshing, so original, and so well put together. Um, with a really strong central core cast um, in the Brigadier and in Savarin and in Rex. So top marks for it. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, for me, it was uh, Unit Brave New World. It just, I really did enjoy this. It was something big and different and... It's it shows that unit as a concept can stand on its own two feet. It doesn't need a Cyberman invasion every two minutes or whatever. It's I really like what the new unit new series sets do 
you know, they do sort of play with classic monsters and they are very well into the, the Doctor Who toy box. But um, it's so good to get another unit team who are completely separate to it all. And, um, yeah, Bambera is such a great character. You know, Battlefield is... I, I love Battlefield. I think it's a great story. I know it has some people who aren't its biggest fans. But um, I think introducing a new Brigadier towards the end of Classic Doctor Who was a stroke of genius and it's kind of a shame it's taken this long for that to be fully followed up. I know we have Bambera in Animal, The Lost Story, but that was a good 10 years ago at least now. Um, so yeah, it's it's long overdue. Angela Bruce is absolutely brilliant. Bambera is a brilliant character. And as you say, we've got a great team. It's not just that one character there is a new unit team and i sincerely hope we get more than these first two sets the second one which came out this month did feel like it was an ending for the range um but hopefully not hopefully it's just a new beginning uh classic doctor's new monsters though another great release and i'm glad that they are focusing on the lesser obvious monsters, you know, it would have been very easy to throw another setters that was Jadoon and Angels and Sycorax and no, let's let's play with the Tavolians, let's hang out with the Mox of Palhoon's brother. And it, it's it's so balmy, but it works. Um and I'm glad that we've got another yet yeah, another set on the way. That uh, next set on the way, there's a couple of things about it. It's the first time that we're going to get the silence with a classic Doctor. Um, well, uh, it's, um, I suppose there's River Song 3, actually, but um, it's the silence monsters themselves. It's going to be their first appearance with um, a classic series Doctor. We're getting two stories with them. But the other thing is, as well, um, it's going to be, I think, at, at the time of recording, I think it's going to be the first entirely original fourth doctor and sarah jane smith story that big finish have done um it's the first time that tom baker and sadie miller are going to be in a something that's not a lost story or recreating a little bit of genesis for doctor of war um which i am really excited for that's possibly the thing i'm most excited for about that set yeah it'll be particularly great that will um, just while we're still on July, I've got to give an honourable mention to uh, the second Doctor Beyond the War Games as well. Um, I I love the second Doctor. The second Doctor is my favourite and everything I saw about this set beforehand kind of made me think, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Uh, but Michael Troughton is brilliant in his dad's role. Um, both stories were very good and they've sort of the concept of a not quite second doctor plucked out of time at the moment of his regeneration so that the third doctor era is happening pretty much concurrently is absolutely brilliant um it works so well it's literally created a whole new era uh for my favorite doctor um and there are some really good performances in this. Uh, we get Katie Manning as an ice, an ice queen, ice warrior. Um, absolutely different from Joe Grant or Iris or any other character she's known for playing. 
Um, I also really like Emma Noakes as Raven, who is the Doctor's sort of CIA handler, who's obviously got some kind of pretty sinister agenda. She's up to no good. Um, yeah, this set worked really well, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Uh, my only complaint, and it's the same complaint I have for the um, Stephen Noonan first Doctor set, is actually two complaints. I'm going to go with two complaints. The first is um, that this it has brought to an end the early adventures, which was a favourite range of mine. I've already mentioned this in the last episode. But also, um, it's, we're only getting one set a year. We're getting three discs a year each first doctor and second doctor and i just i want so much more uh this feels like a storyline that could really benefit from lasting for quite a while and breathing my concern is that as we're only getting three discs a year it's going to kind of be wrapped up quite a bit sooner than i'd like it to be i like the idea of this sort of rogue second doctor out there uh, so i hope it can continue for a long time but Let's let's make it two box sets a year. Come on. And Gareth has joined us to talk about some of his favourite big finish releases of the last year. Hello, Gareth. Hello. It's great to have you on again. It's been Lovely a while. to be here. It has, yes. It has. I've been lurking dreadfully, but I return. Lurking just dreadfully. This. That's excellent. <laughs> um, but we, we couldn't do the end of year episode without talking to you, obviously. Obviously. Um. So uh, you've got a few honourable mentions, I believe. Go ahead. I I have. Right. I'll try and get through this quickly. So uh, first off, like the Rose Tyler Dimension Cannon thing. Now, I'm not a big Rose Tyler fan, so I'd kind of slept on the range. But then once it turned out there was more coming, I thought, well, maybe I should investigate. So I kind of got the first two sets. And I would say the second set's really good. But in general... I just kind of want to vote for that set because it's just such a good cast that it's like, it doesn't matter if you particularly liked series two of Doctor Who. It's just so good to kind of hear Billy Piper and Mark Benton, Sean Dingwell, uh, Camilla Kajuri. They're all good enough to just hold drama really well. Absolutely. So, yeah, I am absolutely invested in whatever the next set is like. So that's one. Um, Blood and Steel... It's kind of a boring answer by now from the sounds of it because everybody likes it. But it's it's a strange one because we all have such an investment in it because we lost David Warner and it's just like, my God, this is it now. But it's actually good. And it's kind of mind boggling that it's like, oh, God, this is what a note to kind of bow out on. And it will be interesting to go back and listen to it again when, to be honest, we're all less upset. But, you know, we've had t- kind of time to deal with it. But it's just such a, you know, grim but effective Cyberman story and those are kind of rare like the Cybermen tend to be just sort of things that shoot stuff so that's an amazing one couple of individual ones now so Holly mentioned Old Lang Syne I'd actually agree with that I think that's probably a contender for strongest individual Ninth Doctor episode we've had so the whole range is, is always in a kind of weird place of how much can we make this like the series we got with Christopher Eccleston and I think that one is sort of the strongest contender of you kind of could get this it feels like it would slot right in so that's an amazing entry but also um, Albie's Angels on the recent 8th Doctor set so that feels to me like 
that's the best individual bit of Eighth Doctor post-Stranded so far, which is not a huge selection of stories, I admit. But um, no, it's just an incredible piece of work. And it's just like, more of this, please. I mean, Roy Gill, you know, is one of those names where we're just like, oh, guess I'm buying that then. But no, he's... Uh, incredible at what he does just just very good at mixing up the emotions and stories like that i think it works excellently as a sort of sequel to unit dating as well you know the fact that yeah albie had been set up in stranded and uh, obviously another roy gill story um, yeah he seemed to be very conscious of that yeah like he'd been planning this which is quite impressive in and itself. It, it was one hell of a payoff absolutely <laughs> And just so nice to give Helen more to do, because I think that's a popular kind of complaint and quite justified, I think, that she tends to sort of just be there. But now nah, she really paid off and, and wasn't more miserable for the experience for a change. Yes. Which is good for her. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and uh, what was the overall favourite then? Well, the overall favourite surprised me a bit. Um, Emancipation of the Daleks, the audio novel. Okay. Um because my attention span with audio is a little bit tricky sometimes, especially with long novels. So it's always better for me to listen to something where I basically know the story already. So that's why I'm so fond of the target novels. So if I, I can wander about, do some housework, whatever, and I can kind of latch onto the story as I go. And if it's a brand new story and it's quite long, I struggle a bit. And for whatever reason with this one, no problems at all. I just was absolutely in it just all day listening to that thing it's an incredibly strong kind of clever but not so clever it's confusing kind of time travel story and dan starkey's incredible in it as well and i've kind of had mixed feelings about him as a reader before because i heard him read the cricket men novelization which was not my favorite thing in the world because it feel it all feels a bit like kind of loose jokes strung together and it, it sort of sounds like dan starkey quite justifiably is like this is really funny. I feel like this is really funny. So all the way through that one, I kind of felt like it was a guy sort of just telling me over and over again how funny this is. So yeah. I was a little bit like, oh, not too, not too crazy about his reading. But clearly it just depends on the book. Because in this one, I thought he just grappled the characters really well, really kind of got a grasp on Capaldi. And it's, yeah, it's, it's basically a case of, well, Jonathan Morris is usually very good isn't he so that's not too surprising but um yeah absolutely if dan starkey does any more audio novels that's another instant buy i think but yeah no i i would recommend that to anybody if, if you feel sort of you're you're missing the season 10 era or well, sorry series 10 then um yeah crack on and it's it's an incredibly underexplored era i mean i guess it's mm. very very recent isn't it we're still talking last five six years yeah um, it's a funny little era because it was it was a reboot like consciously it was a sort of jumping on point but we all kind of knew it wasn't going to last so it's this little tiny island yeah you don't it's this you know refresh of. refresh for capaldi which i think capaldi's doctor did need at that time yeah um and obviously we get bill who we knew we were only ever going to have for one series <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, normally we never quite know how long a companion's going to stick around for. Uh, well, sometime. Clara. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, they played with that. They played with Clara, uh, you know. Oh, is she going to leave at Christmas? Is she going to do another series? Hmm. Um, whereas Bill is kind of, we always knew that it was 12 episodes and maybe a Christmas special and that was it. 
and that's mm. that's exactly what we got. So yeah, I'm all for um, series ten being built upon because I think it's an absolutely wonderful series, and it's it's really good to see that Big Finish have started to make the way into that. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Well, thank you very much for joining. I shall let you escape now as me and Connor <laughs> plod on through our choices uh, of the year. But yeah, thank you very, very much for joining us and we'll have you back on soon, Gary. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Goodbye now. Bye-bye. Um, we'll move on. We'll move on to August. Um, and I'm getting flashbacks to me laying in the sun and uh, listening to listening to some of these releases um so connor you go first what was your favorite august release um i i, I thought i had my mind made up in all honesty but i'm looking at the releases now and I'm, I'm slightly torn i was going to say the ninth doctor adventures again into the stars because brilliant set again um we get something that I had wanted from the word go in the Ninth Doctor meeting with Sontarans. You know, there's a whole lot of mileage to cover there in a Doctor who's just come out of the Time War. Um, meeting with Sontarans who are bred for war, who live for war. Um, and this delivers on that, I think. It, it, it takes a very unconventional approach with the Sontarans. It's not what you would expect from them at all. In that it's a story where they have found another way. And the Doctor is utterly delighted by it. Um, and then he has to try and save them. Um, and in the face of humanity's aggression, really. Um, which So I, I really like that story and I love that approach to it. Um, but possibly my favourite from the set is the second story. It's last of the Zeta scene. Because for a start, it's a lot of fun. It's very, very fast paced. Um, very, very fast paced, sorry. Um but it, it has such a, a kooky slate of guest characters, um, not least among them being Maureen O'Brien, um, who is borderline unrecognisable um, because we're so used to hearing her as Vicky, and she gets to do something completely different than this. It's actually been quite a strong year for giving classic series companions you know, in Maureen O'Brien and in Katie Manning in uh, The Second Doctor Adventures, and giving them something else to do and let them flex their muscles in a way that they don't usually get to at Big Finish. And it works wonders, you know. You know, Christopher Eccleston and, and, and Maureen O'Brien in this are, are you know, a, a really great double act. And it feels so surreal to say that they're together, but it works so well. Um, we also get Break the Ice as well, which is... Um, a Ninth Doctor Christmas special, which I've said before and I've said recently is something that I had been really, again, wanting from the series. And it's I actually have it lined up to listen to today after we finish recording. So um, looking forward to hearing it again. I really liked it the first time around. My other pick for the month would be the Sixth Doctor Adventures um, because I wasn't too fond of Water Worlds. But this set, uh, not that it wasn't too full, it, I don't think it fired on all cylinders for me, but this one did. This is where it caught on for me in, in the sense of having an ongoing arc. Um, and spoilers as well, it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger that's going to lead into next year's sets, I think, or I hope. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear how that gets resolved and picked up. Um, I think Big Finish is always stronger for having 
you know, that slight forward momentum of having an arc for its, you know, doctors, for, you know, for the classic doctors and, and, and giving them a series to work through rather than just standalone adventures. And um, the, the sixth Doctor Habe and Mel adventures are definitely delivering on that. Yeah, I think that um, of sort of all the classic Doctors that Big Finish has on the go at the moment, the Sixth Doctor is the one that, to use your word, momentum, has the most momentum. It really does feel like it's going somewhere. It really does. It feels like a series. It feels like a new series of Doctor Who, um, which is something truly special. And it's, you know, not to not to do down any of the other stories we talked about, the any of the other ranges, um, but there really does feel to be something going on here, uh, something different and something pretty wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, these sets and I think the introduction of more regular characters in Purity Undreamed was just a work of genius. We've kind of had our introduction to Hebe, we've had her travelling in water worlds and now this is very much about her world and the people that are in it and various other bits and yeah, there's some really, really strong character work in this that you just you barely see at all in any other Doctor Who of any kind Um, To pick my favourite release from August though, I would have to go with uh, the Gallifrey set uh, the War Room, the first War Room set. Uh, so it's going to be a series of four sets. And this is the first one. It was a great setup. It kind of picked up some of the pieces uh, from previous Gallifrey Time War sets and uh, started to move them in different directions. We've got Richard Armitage still as Rassilon. It's such a good performance. He is delightfully unhinged. Uh, Leela is an excellent lead for it. I did have some concerns as to whether Leela would be able to lead a Gallifrey series sort of solo without Romana, but uh, it seems to be working quite nicely. And there's a real sense now that a um, a sort of coherence is beginning to happen amongst the Time War sets. We're getting regular characters that are crossing over we're getting all of these wonderful things um it, it's starting to feel like the time war is one big thing and not just a set of unrelated releases um and it's through characters like the general and becklin um that we're getting this um it was also great because it kind of it gave us an idea of what happened to narvin after the time war set the uh, last Gallifrey set kind of ended on a bit of a Narvin might be dead cliffhanger. Uh, so it's good to see that Narvin's not and is part of the Time Lord resistance against the Time War and Rassilon and everything that's going on. Just adds a whole new dimension to the Time War that I really, really hope we get to pick apart further. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that one and I can't wait for the next set. Um, and I'm I'm really glad that we know for a fact we're getting Gallifrey for at least the next three years. It's always been one of Big Finish's most consistently brilliant ranges. Um, but that's that is August done. Let's move on to September, and I think um, September features what 
I suspect we're going to have to crown the Spodcast Big Finish release of the year. Um, and that is uh, Bernice Summerfield, Blood and Steel. Uh, I, I, I've not met anybody or spoken to anybody that's not just found this set to be utterly brilliant. It's, you know, it's it's heartbreaking on its own, but then the real world circumstances of David Warner leaving us just kind of add a whole other dimension to it. But I think even without that on its own, it is just an incredible achievement. The whole set is. Um, so am I right in thinking that's also your pick, Connor? It is, yes. Um, and, you know, the David Warner series kicked off, or well, the David Warner and Benny Summerfield series kicked off, was it 2016, 2017-ish, in around then? Um, it was, as I was sort of, it was shortly after I was first getting into Big Finish, and it was really exciting, I've said this before on here, to have an entirely original Doctor for audio um, and to have a series, you know, with Benny Summerfield, who had heard a little bit of through other stories. Um, and what an ending this is for them. You know, this is, I think it has a direction that the last couple of sets had possibly lacked slightly. Um it has it has a really strong mission statement. It knows what it is from the word go, and it carries it through all four you know all four stories. It's exceptionally good, um, and if this you know this is this is we don't know at this stage if there's any more recorded with David Warner's Doctor. We know, um, you know Christopher Eccleston has mentioned at a convention that he has recorded something with David Warner that we haven't heard yet, um. And, you know, the likes of Shilling and Sixpence was announced, I think, after this. Um, and we've had another set of it. So we don't know exactly how much of, of the, the Unbound Doctor and of David Warner we have left at Big Finish. But if this set is where it is to end, and that is the last we're going to hear of him and his Doctor, it's an absolutely fantastic... It's a, it's, it's a high point to end on. Um, and I, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, possibly an all-time highlight from Big Finish's run. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it it's a highlight of Bernice Summerfield stuff as well, and some of that has been so consistently excellent. I mean, there's there's been some amazing Benny, and of course, Benny's been there right from the start with Big Finish. Uh, it's a character that we followed through absolute hell, um, and just to get such a strong release here it just shows that there's so much more to the character and yeah um and also you know it's we've not even really mentioned how brilliantly the cybermen are used in it this is not your standard cybermen fodder it it really sort of picks them apart and delves into the the, the cyber consciousness as it were um i just i absolutely love it and it all sort of comes together in that final episode where it's basically just an hour of the doctor being tortured by being forced to watch people as they get killed or uh, converted into cybermen it's it's evil brilliant stuff it's it's so powerful um and i would absolutely go back to it and listen to it over and over again uh, but it's so incredibly dark 
Um, it, it, it pulls absolutely no punches um, no, in any of absolutely. that. You know, I think it's very aware that it, even though it's Doctor Who and it's marketed under, you know, I'm, I'm reading the title here on the website. It's Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield. You know, it's a Doctor Who series that's based around Benny. But I think it's aware of that, that it's not your typical, you know, main, you know, main doctor or prime doctor or, 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 you know, someone who's been in the TV series, it's aware that it's not going to be a terribly high profile release from that point of view. And it can take a few more liberties with what it does as a result. Um, and it, it, it definitely pays off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It does. And I, I honestly can't see them putting any doctor into that story um any other doctor into that story at all or that situation it just it works so well because it's david warner and it's it's one hell of a performance and if that is the last we see or hear i should say of uh, david warner's doctor then what a what a way to go out on what, what a release to go out on it's absolutely great absolutely and uh, while we're on the subject of Beneath Summerfield, Blood and Steel, here is what other Tom had to say. For me, the 2022 release of the year was Blood and Steel, which was a seventh volume of the New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield. It's quite a bittersweet release coming out after the passing of David Warner and, and sort of mark it a bit more. I'd done a full re-listen of his Doctor ahead of this set. Pairing Benny with him led to one of the most dynamic and enjoyable TARDIS teams of all time and I feel really quite lucky that we had this small but perfectly formed era. The set itself, um, bringing back the Cybermen, managed to find an approach to the characters, to the monsters, which is grounded what we know about the species, but by placing them in the context of Berlin during the surge of fascism, what we get is this really thematically rich set of stories. It's dark and your normal slice of Doctor Who, and I think this lets the Cybermen be even more horrifying than what we might be used to. In the last episode, they really try and push Doctor to his limits, and that's something we've not really experienced before in such a harsh and uncompromising way. It's a bittersweet release, but ends the run on a very high note. There are some other highlights from uh, September worth mentioning, though. And Jimmy, I believe you've got one for us. Yeah, September was a really amazing month. I think you've both already mentioned the Benny Summerfield release, and I absolutely loved that too. But um, for me, this month had three brilliant releases, and the other two were the 10th Doctor Classic Companions and Torchwood Death in Venice. And... Tenth Doctor Classic Companions did a brilliant job with all three of the returning companions and their dynamics with the Doctor, and I loved all three stories, but I think I've got to give the edge by a narrow margin to Death in Venice for me, because I've always been a big fan of the Seventh Doctor era. He's my next favourite behind the first, and of course Ace is a huge part of what makes his era special. And for me in the audios, often after Hex left... Her characterization went a bit downhill and I haven't liked most of the stuff that happened. And then this release, this month came out of the blue and suddenly two new Ace releases, both with her in her older post-Doctor life. Both of them, she's brilliantly characterized, brilliantly written, brilliantly acted. 
it was just, it renewed my love of the character and that was very well-timed with her at this point about to be returning on the TV series. And I think I just loved the characterization of her, the explanations for how her organisation works and why it sort of fails in some ways because she's more wanting to be boots on the ground but she's got to be the administrator and how it's a challenge for her. And, yeah, just this month between both her 10th Doctor and her Torchwood appearance, Ace just got such amazing characterization and such brilliant performances and, yeah, completely renewed my love of the character and made me excited to hear her again, which for a while I would not have expected. And then, of course, they follow that up and she appears on telly again. And so, yeah, just a brilliant time for an Ace fan and hopefully she does get a spin-off at some stage. I'm certainly hoping that these Ace and Mr. Colchester releases become an, an annual thing. This is obviously the second one now. I've really enjoyed them both. I mean, Death in Venice was definitely the uh, the best of the two, but an awful lot there to enjoy. They do have a great dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Colchester as well is a great character, and you know we now know that uh, Colchester's coming back in uh, Torchwood Among Us, but I really hope that doesn't kind of stop the ace releases happening as well because it's it really has become a new highlight for an already consistently excellent monthly range it, I, I say this every single month Torchwood's monthly range is just its hit rate is insane we're nearly what are we now like 70 odd releases in i think we must be over 70 now 70 will be in february i think so oh, there we go. yeah not too far. It's either January or February. I think it's February. It's a bit confusing because they've got the two-part double one, so it depends whether you count that as one release or two. Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're nearly at 70 Torchwoods now, and I could probably pick maybe three or four that haven't quite done it for me out of all of them. Everything else has just been top, top quality. Um, so I'm really glad we got to mention it here. And... I definitely think that Death in Venice was my Torchwood release of the year, but I've not really tried to pick because I just don't think I can. There's so much good stuff in there, um, some of which is you know in months that we've not quite got to yet. Uh, also, yeah, uh, Tenth Doctor Classic Companions, it was a great set. When I first read about it, I kind of rolled my eyes a bit at the choice of companion. Like We've had an awful lot of Leela, we've had an awful lot of Nissa and we've had an awful lot of Ace at Big Finish but I felt as though something new or different was done with each character and I really enjoyed each story and just their interaction with the 10th Doctor was absolutely worth the price of admission There's also something slightly different as well in, in uh, September um, and it's Torchwood again, it's a postcard from Mr. Colchester which is oh, a little yeah. tent 10 minute mini episode released just for free on the big finish website which is fantastic for a couple of reasons it is very very accessible for a start it's you you don't need to you, you don't really need to know who mr colchester is other than he works for torchwood it's a standalone little thing that doesn't tie into you know the yes story or i i, I think it possibly does a little bit of setup for among us, but there's it's it's not too overt, um, and it's 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 
really really well written and really well performed as well um i think whenever i i i listened to it and and wrote a little mini review i think it was to, to the extent of james goss has a rant in the voice of mr colchester um and it's it's really really brilliant you know and it's nice to have something that if someone's considering getting into big finish you can point to there's a little complete story for free um you know and, and it's not one of the part ones it's not you know that you're getting part one of two or part one of four um you know out of a main range story it's a, a little standalone 10 minute really well done piece um which i i would love to see them do more of for for different ranges as well not just for torchwood yeah i think they it sort of reminded me ever so slightly of the uh tardisodes that we got alongside uh series two on original broadcast which was it was just like a little two minute online prologue prequel kind of thing to the upcoming tv episode so for example, the girl in the fireplaces was the crew being murdered, the the crew of the spaceship being murdered. It was just always little things that kind of enhanced what else was going on around it. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's let's have more of that because it, it really did. It came out a day before Death in Venice and it really whet my appetite for it, just hearing Mr. Colchester again because apart from... Uh, the other Ace release, we hadn't actually heard from him at all since God Among Us, which feels like a lifetime ago now. And Sam has joined us. Uh, hello, hello, Sam. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me again. Oh, it's always good to have you on. Um, so tell us about some of your favourite releases from 2022 then. So um, I just wanted to give a brief honourable mention to the Ninth Doctor Adventures we've had this year. It's been great having Christopher Eccleston continue to play the part for us. Um, he seems to be enjoying exploring a, like a different side of his character to, to on TV, um, and I'm loving it as well. I'm actually I'm in the middle of of Hidden Depths and Into the Stars, so I won't pass comment on those. But um, I really wanted to say how much I liked uh, Fond Farewell from Old Friends, and also uh, God the the train station one and um, station to station, station to station. Of course, yeah, I knew that I knew it was like a, a reference. Uh, title uh station to station and old lang syne from back to earth which i both thought were like beautiful stories for kind of different different reasons um i loved <laughs> main main thing about station to station is christopher eccleston in a story with a lung bearer <laughs> reference um and then old lang syne was just like a perfect holiday story really uh poignant i thought and kind of like um yeah following having the perspective of like the the main character and that not be the doctor i thought was really really nice and made for a really touching kind of holiday story i liked the montage sort of element of it as well um but we spoke about this in an episode earlier this year so i will uh yeah don't need to gush about those too much well we'll find some new territory to cover (laughs) yes um so for me i think the ones these ones i've listened to a bit more recently so they're probably my they're a bit fresher in my mind but i'd say um sort of a double bill of the torture monthlies um which is uh, Suckers by um, Alexander Stewart and Restricted Items Archive, entries 031 to 049 by Maddie Wilson. Um, which you have to give the full title to. Have to give the time. full title of, yes, yes. Um, they're great. So, um, <laughs> God, Suckers. Well, so like what I 
adore about Big Finish's Tortured Range is the way they deal with kind of um, the real world and social issues in a way, in, in a much more direct way than any of their other like Doctor Who stories. And even in, in a much more accomplished way, I think, than Tortured the TV show ever did. Um, and what is great about Suckers is it really, really laid bare the kind of... Um, the racism and petty petty bureaucracy and and pro and sort of like process of the UK mental health system, um, it really like went for the throat on those kind of issues, and I thought it was it was just fantastic. Um, this sort of sense of dread that builds up um, over the course, because obviously like Toshiko is stuck in um, on like a mental health ward and is is questioning everything that she's seeing. You know, she knows she has seen aliens and things but she's in a place where she's being like given given drugs and made to question her own perception of reality so much um that it leads to some very tragic consequences and i thought it was uh as well as dealing with those kind of issues so well and and having kind of like a bit of a the sort of like a, an epilogue scene in that it's a real gut punch where it's like no the people that that do this and got away with this are going to continue to do so and are supported by people in government. I thought that was really, really powerful. Um, but it's also a very good story for Toshiko as a character. I think it plays with like the reason the situation she's in is so dangerous is because she's like, um, it plays on her, her own sort of vulnerability and certain self-questioning nature. But the way she ultimately triumphs also plays into her strengths of sort of, um, I don't know, like fiercely intelligent, but not not overly kind of um, manipulative. And people and people don't, characters she meets don't take her at face value. They will sort of like assume she is a certain type of person. And then through that, she is able to uh, accomplish, accomplish something um, very, like very strong and good at the end. Um, but yeah, she's also very trusting and that leads to her, um, suffering a lot in this story. And I thought that was all, it was really, really good for its social messaging and also for what it did with its main character. It's just, just good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it was, it, it sort of played to the strengths of the Torchwood range, I think, where we have, for the most part, one member of the team isolated and it, there are a lot of stories where characters are put on their own, but I kind of felt with this one, Tosh really felt alone, really felt like she had no backup and had to get herself out of a situation where she was immensely vulnerable. And I just thought it was incredibly powerful stuff, like really quite difficult to listen to as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was, yeah, very, very tough. A lot of, a lot of the scenes in it, but um, I don't, well, I don't want this to be every, every single story. Um, and my other pick is, a, is, I'd say, a lot lighter and more entertaining. But um, that that willingness to go to go dark and get real is something that I really, really value in Big Finish's torture stories. And when they do go in that direction, um, they rarely miss. Like, um, the, just just kind of like, I am astonished by how consistent that range is and how good it is. And even when it gets heavy and dark, it's so compelling. Just yeah, yeah, it's it's consistently excellent, and uh, I'm I'm glad that it's sort of going to be going on for the foreseeable future. Oh, I'm, me too, me too. I've yeah. just uh, bulk 
bulk bundle bought the uh, next year's worth so roll it on nice yeah yeah yeah. i'm i'm very excited for the continuation as well as the the, the monthlies we have lined up because they're always they're not a kind of they're not a range that's like super they don't feel i guess important in the same way that they'd like among us stories do but they they're always so good you know they're kind of like missing adventures but they within within each one it always they almost always do something just like yeah so 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 well um and yeah i guess if shall i also talk about restricted items archive yeah let's go there yeah cool restricted items archive entries 31 to 4 no we're not going to call it that (laughs) (laughs) yes so this this is i mean so yeah this is another torture monthly it's a it's a yanto story and it felt i think um i was a little bit surprised it wasn't written by james goss because it seemed to do the same kind of thing that james goss loves to do where he has a bunch of little sort of vignettes and mini stories within stories or kind of like little moments it's kind of doing that it's like um yeah it's like i said it's a lighter listen um it's basically yanto reading the audience scps for an hour um the sort of like mostly the like weird object scps rather than sort of mysterious lovecraftian like horror kind of scps but i i I really love those those stories and that that kind of fiction um so i thought it was really fun um it's you know we you get in on tv you get sort of glimpses of the kind of weird stuff that is in the tortured archive and here we get to sort of like yeah about about 15 little um sort of stories and descriptions and it it was it was good because it's just yanto narrating the stuff but all of the little uh well all of the the entries um involve other members of the team so you get a sort of sense of um what what they're like how they respond to different different threats and scenarios and also what yanto thinks of them you know the sort of very wry way he'll he'll like describe whatever (laughs) whatever owen's done with with this dangerous alien gadget and so on like it's um just really good fun but then it it, it's i liked the bittiness of it and the fact that it, it kept uh quite a sense of pace because each little bit is very short and i just wanted to keep listening and hear the next one you know like occasionally with audios i might pause and pause them at a random point for a couple of days and then come back if I don't have time. But this one I just listened to like straight shot all the way through and the time flew by because um, it was very, the format made it really interesting to listen to. Um, but the, you know, it's building up to something as well. Um, you know, the, the the kind of the things going missing in the archive um, and so on. And then that eventually culminates in like the episode's threat that I thought was actually really really spooky i listened to that on a walk in the dark um and the the sound effects for the i forget what the monster was called at the end but it was very um uh, you know it's just using voice clips made up from from things yanto has said before and i thought that was really a really a really original way to get around the the single actor format and also it made for a quite it, it was it was very spooky listening to that in headphones i really enjoyed it um and made and makes you reevaluate all of the little vignettes that have come before. So yeah, really, really liked that. I think probably my favorite. Um, I think my favorite torture release of this year, and I've listened to quite a lot. So um, yeah, yeah, very good stuff. And not one I've heard loads of people talk about either. So yeah, 
Yeah, it kind of, uh, it kind of, kind of, sort of went under the radar when it came out, and uh, sort of generally recording these, uh, I've found that most people have edged towards Death in Venice as uh, their favourite. Very good story, but uh, I think you could be onto something. I think this could very much be its equal at the very least. Um, but it's it's been another great year for Torchwood. Um, and it's been great to listen to. It really has. It really has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very, very much for joining us, Sam. Uh, hope you enjoy Christmas, New Year and all that. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. we'll catch you on this podcast again soon. Yes, we'll do. We'll do. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. And, and yeah, thanks for letting me uh, share my thoughts in a bit. Let's move on to October, um, which is another one with a pretty high hit rate. Also, interesting to note that this could perhaps be Big Finish's first ever month without an original Doctor actor in a release. Um, We have Third Doctor and Eleventh Doctor Adventures, obviously with recast actors, but we've we've no original Doctors in there at all. Um, and I think Big Finish absolutely held its own in this month. I think we got some great stuff. It's another month that's very difficult to pick a favourite release from. Um, but I am going to go with, uh, I'm just trying to find it now. Where's it gone? I'll edit this out. I am going to go with, uh, the 11th Doctor and Geronimo. Uh, which I thought was an absolutely brilliant uh, sort of beginning of a new series. We're getting a new 11th Doctor series with Jacob Dubman playing the Doctor. Um, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, Am I right in thinking it's one of your favourites too, Connor? Uh, Yes, it is definitely my pick for the month. Um, It does the same as I said earlier about the 6th Doctor, uh, Mel and Hebe, um, where it... It has that ongoing momentum. It's a series of Doctor Who, and it, I, I, I think from what we know about this, it's, it's been designed to model a new series, um, series as as closely as possible. Um, we get you know the eleventh Doctor with a new companion, and there's an ongoing arc here. There's a mystery that they're sort of following, um, which I'm quite intrigued by, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of. I think Jacob Dudman's very good as the eleventh Doctor. Um, and I really, really like Valerie, actually. She's a really strong character um, who I am desperate to hear more from, I think. She's she's made such a, a strong impression in a very short time. Um, I think it's February their next set is due out, possibly, maybe March. I can't remember just off the top of my head, but it's not too far away. Um, and I it can't come soon enough. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it had that the same momentum that we get with the sixth Doctor Mel and Hebe. It, it it had that straight away. This feeling of it being something different and a whole new era for the eleventh Doctor. And it's I've said before, it's set at such an interesting time in his life, sort of post Pond but pre Clara. Uh, that it's it's really exciting to see sort of where this is going. Uh, now, when we when we originally did our uh, episode about this month, 
I actually said that uh, Torchwood Unbegotten was my favourite. Obviously, that opinion has changed. Now it's kind of had time to stew, but it doesn't take away at all from Unbegotten. It was a really brilliant release. It's still my favourite of the Torchwood Soho releases so far. Um, And I I really do hope they keep coming. You'd assume so now that the big Finnish website's given Torchwood Soho its own section. Um, But yeah, definitely one that deserved an honourable mention. Um, Again, I've got to mention Kaleidoscope, which was a great Third Doctor adventure. Um, Kind of bonkers, uh, somewhat similar to the Mega in, in some sense, but a really, really sort of a great look at uh, season 11 without being an archetypal season 11 story. It's more of a love letter to that era of not just Doctor Who, but that era in general, that kind of mid-70s feel. And I really did enjoy it. Um, I mean, I could keep honourably mentoring everyone from this month as well. We got Dorian Gray the anniversary but let's 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 leave it there we've had enough mentions and honorable mentions for october um but yeah a an original doctorless month but still a great one we now move on to november i found this to be another fantastic month i i i coming into this i actually thought that uh the first half of this year was my favorite half but looking at some of the stuff uh, July onwards. I'm really very quickly changing that opinion. Uh, November was just full of great stuff as well. Um, my highlight is the Eighth Doctor Adventures, What Lies Inside. Um, truly a just a proof of concept uh, that maybe we didn't need. I was uncertain as to whether a sort of story arcless Eighth Doctor was going to work as we had story arc heavy Eighth Doctor for well over a decade now. Um, but no, I I just thought we got two excellent adventures here. Uh, we got John Dorney doing Eighth Doctor and Daleks, which is is always a treat. It was a treat back in Dark Eyes, and it's a treat here. Um, so yeah, Connor, what was your favourite from November? Well, I'm looking through the different releases here um, and a very, very strong month, very, very difficult to pick from. But I think when you discount some of them, there's really, really one release that's worth talking about, and that is Thunderbirds. Um, but I still so, haven't heard it, so on, I can't talk uh... about it. <laughs> I still haven't heard, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> um, no, it was the it was the uh, Eighth Doctor Adventures, um, What Lies Inside, which we've I've I've I, I, this will be the third time I've spoken about it on this show, so I, I will keep it very brief. Um, so for, for what lies inside, at least, um, very, very strong, very, very well done. Um, two excellent stories. Um, uh, that You know, the standalone stuff hasn't bothered me at all. The standalone stuff, as I've said before, I was a little bit apprehensive about, but it has almost given them some breathing room to do more stuff with these characters that you know has maybe been smothered a little bit by the arcs that they've been in before you know here we are with 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 them just adventuring around the universe for themselves you know particularly for helen um it gives her a lot more and it's something that i'll save because i know we're going to talk about it um 
you know, shortly in December and we're going to do, you know, a December releases review episode. So um, I'll, I'll not go into it too much there, but it, 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 it surpassed my expectations. These, these two eighth doctor sets, they've, they've done really, really well. Um, the other one I enjoyed was the ninth doctor adventures. Um, again, because we get a, a story with Liv, which um, picks up on her after she's traveled with the doctor um, and gets to, you know, reunite. I, I love that whenever you get to reunite a later doctor with one of their earlier companions, it's always a trip. It's always a treat and it works really, really well. So um, yes, that that ticked, ticked my boxes this month or in, in November rather. It, it, yeah, it, it was a very, very strong month and it, it feels strange to be talking about it again so soon afterwards, you know, looking back at January when this podcast wasn't even a thing. Easy, but looking back at stuff we've talked about recently, actually, yeah, it's that eighth Doctor set really was something special. And the amazing thing is, as far as I'm concerned, they've managed to do even better in December They've given us an even better eighth doctor set this month. Uh, so let's move on to December, which we're not going to go into too much detail about because we are doing our regular review of the month episode uh, next week. But um, where do you start with December? I, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about this. I've been trying to pick a favourite. I've listened to everything that's been released so far. And just want to think, oh, there can't possibly be anything else that sort of challenges for best release. Um, the other day, Blake Seven, Allies and Enemies came out, and I listened to that and just thought, oh, flipping heck, it's just as good as War Master and War Doctor Begins and the Eighth Doctor. And it's this, this, oh, and, and uh, Unit as well, Brave New World, the second set of that came out. It's just so difficult to choose. Um, I think my favourite release of the month is going to end up being uh, the Eighth Doctor Adventures Connections, purely because the story Albie's Angels is frankly off the charts in terms of how brilliant and emotionally powerful and all the other amazing positive things that you could easily say about it it is. Um, But what do you think, Connor? I'm in complete agreement with you. It's um, it's so difficult to pick a highlight from the month. Um, December I think has knocked it out of the park. Um, War Master Escape from Reality was absolutely brilliant. Um, made perfect use of the master in the land of fiction. Um, and and it, it got quite dark at points. Actually, I was surprised at just how far it went at at, at a few points. Um thinking in particular of the Sherlock Holmes episode that didn't expect that at all. Um, but I am going to have to agree with you. Um, the Eighth Doctor Adventures connections and Albie's Angels in particular was just absolutely superb. The, you know, it, it, it harks right back to the Red Lady and it, it lets Helen for the first time, I think, revisit her own time. Um, and it gets, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, she every time she has sort of had a run in with her family, it's not been a, a great encounter for her. This is a little bit more of a positive one. It's tinged with sadness, but it, 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 it leverages all the history that this team has. You know, it's coming up on 10 years or so since 
dark eyes and you know sort of where this team started and then helen obviously joined a little bit later on but it, it reaches right the way back to the start of her adventures um back to the family stuff that was set up in doom coalition and just uses it so well for her as a character um it's it's uh, i think this is my highlight of the year my my personal highlight of the year albie's angels um it's it's one i'm going to have to redo very very soon um because you have a weeping angel story but it's not they're not the focus here it's it's all based around helen which is a long overdue thing um and and i I, again it's something i can't sing the praises of enough it's just absolutely brilliant yeah it's it's so unbelievably strong um it's big finish i know that the eighth doctor is big finish's doctor or the closing closest thing there is to it but they've they've always sort of really gone above and beyond with the character and they've always produced some of the best doctor who not just a big finish but ever of any kind with the eighth doctor and i think they've really managed to do that here um I'm going to try and listen to it again before we record the December episode because I just want to gush about it for absolutely ages. Uh, But yeah, Connections was a great set. So great, in fact, that we've not even mentioned The Trouble with Drax, which was part of it. Yeah, and that was another really, really incredibly strong episode. Um, So yeah, we'll definitely be returning to it when we do our proper December overview next week. Um. So I I said I wasn't going to do this at the start of the first episode, but actually I'm going to. Uh, Do you want to pick a favourite month of the year, Connor? I think I have to go with this month. It's December um, because everything that I've heard so far, and I'm still making my way through the War Doctor set just at the the time of recording, but everything I've heard so far has been absolutely first-rate stuff. You know, in the Eighth Doctor Adventures, the War Master, Unit Brave New World, um, you know, the second half of that series. Um, I I think we're going to end the year on a real high. I I, I have to pick December. It's the one I have, I I think, enjoyed the most. I'd absolutely agree. Uh, Jimmy, what was your favourite month for Big Finish releases this year? For me, it's got to be September. I mean, three of my top five of the year were all in that month between the Benny, Tenth Doctor Classics and Ace in Torchwood. Yeah, it's got to be September for me. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal month as well. Um, it, it's, I really do think we've had our best year of big finish for quite some time. Um, but the quality has just been very consistently high. There have been very few releases that have kind of felt even slightly deflated after. It's just all been really enjoyable stuff. Um, but I am I'm gonna have to agree with Connor. I'm gonna have to go with December. I just think that the ante has been upped so much uh this month. Just the, the there's been nothing that I've even remotely disliked. It, it's just all been really high quality stuff. I I never thought we'd get a War Doctor release. Uh, sorry, a War Master release as good as Escape from Reality. I never thought they were going to top Master of Callus, but they've done it. I didn't think they were going to top uh, last month's 8th Doctor set, but they've done it. 
uh, unit Brave New World. They stuck the landing. The second set was on par with the first. Um, he Who Fights With Monsters, The War Doctor, it's been great. Torchwood, even Empire Man. Uh, I'm not the number one fan of Queen Victoria stories, but this has definitely been my favourite so far. Um, yeah, what a month. What an absolutely fantastic December. And we've definitely had our best Blake 7 set of the year as well with Ailey, uh, allies and enemies. Um, so I think sort of not really by democracy, just by opinion, I think we're going to have to crown our official a podcast of spurious morality, big finish release of the year as uh, Bernice Summerfield, Blood and Steel for all the reasons that we've discussed on this episode and on previous episodes and so much more. Um, I think we've sort of decided between us ad hoc that it's definitely our highlight of the year. Um, but yeah, it's been absolutely great. So thank you to everybody who has listened to a podcast of Spurious Morality throughout 2022. Um, we've thoroughly enjoyed doing it. We're you know, it's we, we do like working as a team. We all like sort of coming up with episode ideas and jumping on. It's been an absolute thrill to do. And we are definitely going to carry on through 2023. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up, um, which I'm really looking forward to recording. Uh, but for now, we'd probably better close off. So for the last time this year, I will say goodbye to Connor. Thank you. Goodbye. I will say goodbye to Jimmy. See you later. And incidentally, a happy 2023 to all you at home. I was going oh, to do that. Brilliant. <laughs> I was actually just building up to doing that. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> oh, fine. You can do it. Um, I will just say to all of our listeners, I hope you've had an, or have an excellent Christmas and a very, very excellent New Year. And like I say, this podcast will return in 2023, starting next week with our overall review of December. Goodbye now.